Hello and welcome to Just Another Side Quest. Uh, I have with me today... Aaron. And James. And I am Randall, and this is uh, a show about video games and video game adjacent uh, ideas. Um, We're going to start off with, you know, uh, the major news is the release of two uh, major, we'll call them sequels for video games. Uh, The new Doom Eternal, uh, much anticipated sequel to the 2016 uh, Doom, and Animal Crossing, which is which is kind of changing the whole world as it, uh, as it emerges. Um, now I played doom 2016 when it came out and, uh, never ended up beating it because it's not hugely, um, beneficial to have that playing on the family television when the kids are awake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I, I still have it and I do plan on, on finishing it because I, with the release of doom eternal, I'm like, Oh yeah, it's, it's time to pull this sucker out and finish it. But, um, that had some of the best, uh, like movement in, in something that was still a basic, you know, go into an area, follow, you know, this route, kill all the bad guys and then make it through the next door and do it all over again, you know, kind of corridor shooter. It gave you so many different ways to attack each level that you could play it over and over. And if you lost, you go, well, there's a thousand different ways of doing this. You never felt like the game made a mistake. It's, well, I just chose the wrong strategy. So between that and the, you know, the creatures were evocative and the weapons were so varied in what they did and how they felt. Uh, I think it was just a solid first person shooter. If you want just a good FPS that isn't a Call of Duty franchise, it was a wonderful game and I can't wait to try the new one. Yeah, I played, uh, again, I have this pile of games I never get through, but I played a bunch of the 2016 one. Uh, sound design, soundtrack are absolutely amazing, and my goodness, you feel like a boss in that game, running around. Um, and the the way that the game pushes you, just to like keep moving, keep fighting, everything you do requires you like to kill something, uh, so you can't just like hang back like a lot of corridor shooters. Um, wait for stuff to reload, or what we've had is this huge pile of stop-and-pop games where you're undercover and you're just sitting around behind cover, and it's all about just waiting for the enemy to pop over the side of their cover. Um, Yeah, it was super refreshing, really fun, and I'm in your boat. Um, I've seen really mostly good um, news and reviews on Eternal, so I need to get through 2016 as well so I can catch up and play eternal yeah i think you hit on all the all the right subjects there i didn't mean to not talk about the soundtrack and sound design it's <laughs> i had to stick that it's in so good like so it good. sounds yeah and it's not just the music and the score which is it's just phenomenal it's the sound of the weapons firing and reloading and the creatures the sounds they make and the environmental sounds. everything is just the word that I'm sure every journalist is using is visceral, but it's completely accurate. Like you feel it in your bones when you play the game. Yeah, it is. Um, as far as sound design and implementation work, it is insane that everything that's happening audibly always feels super powerful and super loud and just 
super visceral, um, which is like, it's a feat of just good design on the sounds, good music, but then like the way it all interplays and mixes while you're playing it is, hmm, it's an absolute must for people who are doing sound design and stuff on just being able to have all these competing things uh, layer in a way that doesn't just completely make your ears bleed. Too bad uh, Aaron hasn't played it. Yeah, it's. I, I I wish I could just play the new one right now, but I my completionist in me is like, well, you at least got to finish the campaign in the first one. That I have sitting next to the Xbox, like I have it on disc format even, and just waiting there. I don't have to re-download oh, it; yeah. just go for it. But yeah, I've heard uh, the new one adds a lot more movement. There's a there's a couple of things they do to unlock even further the amount of speed and momentum and the way that you're just like flying around the map, um, grabbing enemies, flying all the way to them, hurling through the air. Um, that after playing the new one, like going back, it can actually feel a little slow, at least from what I've heard from some people who've played yeah, it. Yeah, I would I would hate to ruin the experience of the of Doom 2016 by playing Eternal first. Yeah, or feeling slow. Now, I remember last time we were talking, James, you said that the best movement system you had in a game was with, um, oh gosh. Apex. Apex, at least in recent games. Yeah. And then I think, how does Doom compare? Then he he corrected himself. He did correct himself later because the correct answer to that question is Titanfall 2. Yes. (laughs) Right, right, sorry. But those were made by the same developer, so I'm not like too worried. But how Um, does uh, Doom 2016 then compare to Apex? Apex is better. Um, it's a different, the entire point of Doom's combat loop is to constantly be pushing you into the next enemy. So you are, it's a chess game where you're constantly trying to find the next guy that you need to be killing and not just like whatever's in front of you. A lot of times whatever's in front of you might not be the right target and you need to like get past and get to some other target. In Titanfall, it didn't feel It's almost got kind of a JRPG prioritization to it where you know this is the guy he may be farther away um but if i go over here i can get this shield that will allow me to get through the fire of the other people to get to him because i have to take out this long range caster sniper then i can bounce back to the other guys. exactly they've got the like squishy caster okay. yeah um i don't know about eternal um but that was actually titanfall 2 is referenced in a, a review i i watched on it um, and that's actually Titanfall two did its platforming better according to them. Um, I'll be interested to play eternal and see how it compares. Um, but apparently there's some kind of slower standard platforming that occurs now because of all the movement systems you have, they just kind of break up the combat with these platforming sections. Um, and Titanfall two did the same thing and kind of forces you to platform. But from what I can tell Titanfall two integrated it maybe a little better into its uh, overall single player, like narrative game. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've been thinking about how the movement systems are similar, but different. And I would put it where Titanfall two is, I feel a mixture of doom and um, Assassin's Creed almost, you know, with the, with the parkour, you know, movement along with combat, it's the same kind of thing, but you've got, you know, the doom long range weapon aspect. 
uh, with the enemy to enemy movement, but you've got the black flag, like we've been playing black flag over here and, and Assassin's Creed is very much more platform to platform and the enemies are kind of secondary to that. But you've also got that uh, mm-hmm. target prioritization. So I think those three kind of have a lot of, uh, a lot of Venn diagram going on with those three games. Yeah, especially uh, Assassin's Creed has leaned pretty heavily into like executions. So you like get an enemy to a point where you'd like hit one button and it does this big, long, really cool looking execution and no one else can touch you. And Doom has lived off of the exact same thing they call glory kills. Uh, I think. Yes. So it that actually ends up feeling kind of similar where you're like trying to get them to that state so that you can just one button press, watch an execution. Kind of yeah. the gears of war when you can finally get the chainsaw going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And roadie run, A roadie run. <laughs> into them and then start revving the chainsaw. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that wasn't the only game to to drop, though. Um, the entire Reddit is is flooded <laughs> with these cute little uh, round headed creatures uh, running around. And uh, I know very little about the Animal Crossing saga. Um but it looks it looks very um, time kill kind of uh, Stardew Valley almost. How is it different from that? Uh, I haven't played Stardew Valley, so I can't compare. But I have been playing Assassin's no Assassin's Creed. Dang it! Sorry, they both start with A and a C, and I was like, wait, <laughs> Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Animal Crossing New Horizons is the one that just came out in the whole series, and I played the very first one that came out on the GameCube. But I haven't played it since. Well, I played the pocket version, which is the phone version. I don't quite count that much because I didn't play it for very long. But um, it's a slow burn game. So it's meant to be something you play for maybe a couple hours, but you, you're not really supposed to rush it in the same way um, and play it for hours on end. There's ways that they've made it so you can um, cheat the system. Like, like They're literally calling it time travel like where because you, you can switch the time on your switch to make it mm-hmm. so you can like jump days ahead, but it, the game runs in real time. So like I'll, I can watch the, like the environment go f- move from afternoon to evening to night. If I play all through that time, I'm guessing you're speaking from experience. On, yes, on I that. am. Um, <laughs> I, is, is it a one-to-one? Is it like, mm-hmm. you know, noon is noon and eight is eight. Yes, it is. Oh, so it takes 24 real life hours to go through a day in animal crossing. Yes, it does. Unless you decide to cheat the system by cheating by uh, moving your uh, switch's clock ahead, hmm, but the game is specifically de- specifically designed to run that way, mm-hmm. where you know whatever time it is outside is the time it is outside in your game. That's mm-hmm. some weird kind of verisimilitude going on. Yeah. Uh, well, let me start from the top. Uh, when you first get into the game, you are you've purchased this island getaway um, from a raccoon named Tom Nook, and so he lets he brings you to this island. It's abandoned with two other creatures. Those two are randomly um, generated. Not uh, they're randomly generated from a list, a giant list of other characters in the game. And then all three of you are populating this island. You really you're doing most of the work because you're the only player character, unless. Uh, you're the only player character. Those slackers. 
I don't know. You could always join me, and then I wouldn't have to be just be me oh, so developing the island. <laughs> now I have to do some work for your island. Oh, it is co-op, so technically you could have another person come and play with you. On um, but so but you're going through, and Tom Nook keeps lending you money to help develop things, and then you have to end up paying him back, and that's kind of the core loop of it. You could pay him back by going fishing and selling fish. To gain money, you could uh, catch bugs and sell them. You can help develop a muse- the mu- local museum. Uh, you can find fossils and sell those. And then you can also, there's also a basic crafting system, so you can make your own furniture. It is overall, it's a top-down, uh, top-down, third-person, uh, not a city builder, but it's mostly about the resource gathering part of it. There is the social aspect of it is in this one. You can go and visit your other um, friends' islands. I don't know when they implemented that feature. If it was in one of the mes- recent games before this one, or if this is new. Uh, but like I've already been to three other people's uh, islands, uh, and then and then I've also been to random off one-off islands through the game, so I can collect other resources that those things have. So you're pretty much collecting resources to pay this guy off. That's the <laughs> basic of it. Oh man! But it's fun and it's relaxing. It's a big part, and because, like I said, like it, it runs on real time. Eventually, I run out of things I have to do in the day, unless I want to just keep fishing and and bug catching. And for me, that does get boring after a while. I know that for some um, some people it doesn't, and that's when they can just keep going and going and going. Um, but it's actually kind of expected that you do uh, slow down over the course of the day. Maybe play only about five hours. I'm, I'm throwing out a number. <laughs> slow down five hours. I say that because, <laughs> yes, <laughs> like two to five hours. I'm going to throw out a number. I'm ran- It's random. I don't know. I, I know people who are very casual about the gameplay and then people who aren't and who are super serious about how much they came, uh, particularly on weekends. So, and that can include the people who take Animal Crossing super seriously. Yeah, oh my goodness. Uh, a very limited game that only allows five hours of play a day. Oof. But it's a slow burn game. It's actually very expansive. Like, it just takes a while to get there. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Because you had some stuff I don't think you were able to do. Mm-hmm. Even you just, like, had to wait. So it's got that, that mobile feel where they're, like, it's got, like, a time element. So you can only play so much a day. Um, that seems like what it kind of is implementing a little bit. But the game's like so years, right? You play it over how, years. How are you limited? Are you limited by like an an amount of energy that, you know, you can only do so much no. you know, um, in a day and then your character gets tired or are you waiting for crops to grow? What are you, what are you waiting for? You're waiting for crops to grow. You're waiting for, um, like I recently got all my resources to build a bridge that will, that once that's built, I can have new villagers come in because they, we can put down some houses for them into this town. But I have to wait till tomorrow for the bridge to actually be working. And right now, it's just a, hey, we're going to put this bridge here, and then overnight it will be built. Or technically at 5 a.m., that's when the new day starts, and that's when they will say, hey, it's been built. Okay, and you can't do anything to make – to you can't, like, go out there and spend two hours of your – Rear real world time, um, you know, like rotating your switch to screw in the lag bolts to get the bridge done any faster. You just have to, you know, set it to go and then wait till it's ready. Uh, there it well, because your switch doesn't have to, you can change the date and time that your switch 
is on, you can jump ahead. But that's cheating. Like it's not the game doesn't give you. That an is not the intended way to game. play. But they don't. And so far, I've only heard of two things that um, get messed up by it. One is that turnips go bad, and uh, and all your flowers it, um, will not have been watered if you watered them the, that same day or something. So what's what's a normal normal day look like? Um, and that, like, how long do you usually? play if you're maxed out at a at a few hours is it is this a good game that you come home from work and you spend 20 minutes kind of tending to everything and then leave it and you do that most days and then only on the weekends you you give it a little bit more time or is it something that when you sit down it's best to put a few hours in right now i don't know it came out on thursday i haven't spent a whole week so i'm still figuring that part out um this weekend, I, according to James, I cheated and set ahead by a total of three days. Oh, you cheated? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That explains why you played so much. Yes. It's because, well, yes. And <laughs> so I played I, I played more, and I'm, I'm at a point where it's like, okay, I'm satisfied with how much I did the first my first like chunk of the game. Yeah. And I'm planning on, like, slowly reverting back, so spending, like, two days on the same in-game day so I can go back to that so it actually keeps up with the time. Like, that's something I'm planning on doing, but that's because I do want so to So are you going down. to uncheat? I guess so. Right now, I'm just wanting to slow down because I don't want to do the same thing I did this last weekend, which was spend 10 to 20 hours in it. I don't know <laughs> yeah, how long. Over the I'm, course of, like, Friday and Saturday because you had, like, yeah, and Sunday. Mm-hmm. For, yeah, we're, you know, right now, what do you do? You're stuck indoors. <laughs> you can't go outside. Uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I so, think there's a lot of people who switches clocks say it's 2022 already. I wouldn't, yeah. be, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I know that, yeah. Jumping through time. But uh, in terms of what, the, what I expect to do every day in the game, um, fossils regenerate like every day. Rocks, um, rock resources and tree resources regenerate every day. So I want to go and make sure I get those. Uh, and ideally, I want to get some sort of progress towards paying off loans or taking out a new one. And it, don't we all? <laughs> I know you're escaping our, uh, you know, real life work and rent to mine rocks and cut trees to pay off your loan. It's one step up from <laughs> Minecraft. It really is that loan, <laughs> but that loan <laughs> changes Ugh. the whole thing. Um, there is yeah. another element to it, though, because mm-hmm. so far, I mean, you are working to pay off a loan, but you do have a house. Mm-hmm. You do get to decorate it. Mm-hmm. The interior is like completely up to you. And I've seen you drawing yes. on different 3D assets in the game. So you can like custom design your own shirts. And there's like a bunch of other like textures that you can actually make your own mm-hmm. versions of. So there's a bunch of creativity that. Is outside of working to pay off a loan. Yeah, that's a little bit limited. I can customize shirts. I haven't unlocked the ability to make uh, to do dresses yet, and mm. um, but you can take it. You can basically create a texture um, there. It's, it, it looks pixelated, but then translates to a, a slightly like blended version of that pixelization. But you're basically given like a one twenty eight by one twenty eight square. Square grid, yeah. It's um, just like what five hundred little squares in it, and you can color each square. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Um, I have used it to create 
because you can also apply it as face paint. So I've used it to create eyebrows for my character because there are no eyebrows <laughs> in the character creator. Characters are freaks in nature. Um, also yeah. added freckles because I thought it was going to be cute, and it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's... Um, I've used it to create a rock texture or a rock path. And that, and I actually like went the extra mile of, here's not just one texture, but here's five. The base center one that is equal on all sides. And here's one corner and another corner and another corner and another corner. And now I can make paths going any which way. And it looks pretty good. You were very excited about those. <laughs> I remember you like, hey, James, come over here. Check out my path rock texture. <laughs> it's like, that's very exciting. It was very fun. <laughs> this is what it feels like when I'm like, Aaron. I got five kills. Come look at my score screen for Apex or something. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it makes sense now. Question. Yep. Uh, you said co-op, and I'm kind of curious mm. as to how that that works. Would you, like, start, because you said you kind of start an island. Would you have one shared island between multiple players? You have one shared island per switch. So, oh, per switch. Yeah. So any other players or users of the, that switch can create can also join in on the island. So um, in this case, me and James can share that uh, um, that island, and both be playing on it at the same time. We haven't done that, so I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I know it's possible. And I've seen, um, I visited someone else's island, and they had two people from the same switch on the same time. So yeah. it, it's there. Is um, it split screen, or do you think it just zooms out far enough to see both? I. Having not seen the gameplay, my suspicion is that it's split screen. Okay. But so I don't, I don't to... know for sure. Yeah. I just, I can't see them trying to, like, I, the camera, I can't see them doing it because I can't see the camera going out so far. Yeah. That makes sense. It's yeah, it probably... depends on how big the island is. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, how long would it take for you to, to kind of traipse one side of the island to the other? 10 to 20 seconds. Yeah, they're oh, really pretty small. small. Yep. Very manageable. Mm -hmm. And then, so when you eventually get that filled up, does it unlock more islands or is it just, you know, finish that one and then that's that's it? Well, I think that's why it's a slow burn game. Um, it's because if, you, if it wasn't, it would probably, people could see the end of it. Like, I guess, I guess what could be considered the end of the game. It doesn't really have an end. Um, it stops when you stop playing. It's a persistent game. Because mm -hmm. um, you can always take, there's there's always a couple of new challenges. Um, the challenges don't have to be very difficult. It could be, hey, go fish five fish. A lot of the houses, uh, they're all small. Like it's mm -hmm. awkward when I was looking at it. Every house is this tiny little block on the map. But then when you enter it, uh, if you continue to upgrade your house, it doesn't, at least, I don't think things physically get bigger outside. They just keep, like, when you load into the museum or your house and there's more rooms, they don't oh, show up on the inside. Yeah, it's bigger on the inside. Yeah. This, the, this island is on Gallifrey. Yes. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I get it. Tardis. No, I'm, this, this, this works. Tardisi? Tardisize? Mm. Bigger on the inside. Yes. Um, as far as I know, I can think of at least two more up. Uh, Upgrades I can get for my house, which is adding an upstairs and a basement. Right now, I've, I've already taken... But since you start off with just a tent, you have to then... Um, you start with a tent, and then you go to just a kind of small house. 
that's uh, I don't know how big big. Then the next upgrade you can get is just making that inside bigger. The third, I'm going to assume, because I haven't gotten here yet, is to add a basement or an, at least that's what it was in the very first game, is that you could add stories to your house. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it was like tending the area and trying to get more villagers to come and um, be there in the town. And I'm going to assume that's the same core goal mm. here. Well, that sounds that sounds interesting. It sounds like it's not the um, the time suck kind of game that I thought it was going to be, because uh, you know it seemed like oh well you're just going to spend every minute of every day uh, you know that this situation is going on just doing this much like a Minecraft or or um, you know something of that sort. But it seems like it's a lot more kind of the creator actively trying to not be that like, Hey, just play for a few hours, put it down, go outside, talk to some human beings. Oh wait. Um, not this month. <laughs> next talk month. to me. <laughs> yeah. with me. Talk to a mirror. Yeah. Or a mirror. Or go and visit someone else's Island in game and say hi to them at uh, that way. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So there's, there's an online aspect where you can also go on and visit your friends islands. Yes. And they've, if you can, if they're just your like, if they're just your friend, you can't actually do anything to your their islands. You can't help it develop at all. You can take maybe some fruits from trees or help weed, but you can't uh, chop down anything or affect the rocks or the landscape at all. However, you, can't you have make the, any big changes. It's an anti yeah no griefing anti griefing no griefing. However, yeah. you have the choice to be, become best friends um, through the game by asking someone else to be your best friend, and they they have to accept that request. And then they get it. That their best friends have the ability to do that kind of stuff. So you have to be able to trust people with that. But so in in theory, like uh, if I got the game, I could become an admin on yours and help you work on your on your uh, island when you're away. You know, if if like you and your friend had separate working schedules, you know. You could you could help each other. Oh, I'm going to be out uh, of town this weekend. Oh, I'll take care of your plants and your feed your rocks and water your your turnips. Uh, so no, you can't go to someone else's island when they aren't there. What happens is, I basically because you arrive at your own island via an airport at the very beginning, and that airport is your access, your gateway to other people's islands, and. When you first get on, it's not open to anyone. You have to go to that airport and say, hey, I want to have visitors, and they will open the gate for you. And you get to choose if you want to have it be uh, be in local mode. So, like, if you, have, if you could have friends over and have all of your switches all playing together, then you do local mode. But if you want to do online mode, which is what everyone's going to be doing right now, then that lets anyone who's your friend um, come, be able to come through. Although you do have the ability to uh, limit it to either with a code. So if someone has to have the right code to get in, or only your best friends can get in, or your friend, or anyone can get in um, who is your friend on the Switch. Okay, but you can't island sit for someone while they're on vacation. No, um, they have to be online at the same time. So in this case, like I can't go to my friend's place until they open up the gate. That means they're there. One thing that actually ended up happening this weekend is I did do that, and then our just our connection got disrupted, and then it reset me back to my island, and we both lost all of our progress. <gasps> oh no! It 
it wasn't too terrible because we, neither of us are far along that far along to make a different that big of a difference. It's so sad though. It was a little sad. Yeah, any, any loss of progress and something like that. It's just, well, I guess I'm going to go, I don't know, be productive for a while yeah. because, mm-hmm. oh boy. And Well, that sounds, sounds like a fun game. If if you were to kind of give the elevator pitch, like your feet, three favorite things to, to recommend about it, what would they be? It's a very chill like, game that... Force, it kind of forces you to take to take a step back instead of trying to rush it. And it's a nice change of pace from some of the other games out there right now. And I, I really enjoyed that. It's also kid-friendly. So like, very kid-friendly. It's Nintendo. So mm-hmm. um, it's something that you can play with your kids or, and you, you could have separate accounts for as well, so then they can feel like they have their own ownership over their own thing, and like you could play along with them. That sounds that sounds really fun, a nice, relaxing, a game you're not trying to beat, but enjoy. Because mm-hmm. there is no true ending, as far as I'm aware. Maybe, event, unless you say, like, no more upgrades to your house, no more upgrades to the village. Yeah, it might take quite a long time, especially with, you know, you being kind of throttled. Uh, by design, it might take a long time to get to the point where you're, you'll probably honestly grow bored of it or there will be a sequel uh, before you finish you know, all the content in the game. Or if they drop DLC, that could be another way of, of hey, you thought you were done? Here's some new stuff you can try and do. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a black hole. Interesting. I don't know if, they, if that's been the style in the, in the past. I know that they, they put out a game every once in a while. This is the first one for the Switch. Um, before, it was a 3DS game. I think it was called, that one was called New Leaf. Um, but I haven't played since the original one for the GameCube. So, and that one didn't have cross, like you can't, you had to play by yourself. You had to take turns. Um, you had your own town. So you couldn't really do cross play in the same way. Yeah, I like the idea of, of them, you know, fostering you know working together on something like that without it being you know it wasn't wasn't what i expected going in it subverted a lot of what i expected them to do which was more of a farm simulator sort of a sort of a t- approach to it where hey we'll all share this one farm but instead you know you can help each other but to various extents and they really put a lot of put the control in your hands mm-hmm. Excellent. Do you have any other any other thoughts on that, James? Do you have any other questions about the game? <laughs> I've been able to witness some of it, so uh, you know I'm gonna have to try the multiplayer out. I guess that's a big question mark of whether it's very fun to farm rocks and trees, be Aaron's indentured servant on her island. Um, Otherwise, I'm probably going to have to just let her enjoy that, which does usually mean then that I get to enjoy some extra time in Apex or the new Call of Duty. So, you know, maybe that's that's my favorite thing about it right now. <laughs> Aaron's busy. I don't have to hang out with her. Let's go <laughs> hang out with the boys yeah, instead. <laughs> yeah. Which, speaking of which, uh, the coolest thing, you're talking about interconnectivity of of games um, and playing with people. The new Call of Duty has the ability to play with Xbox, PlayStation, and even PC players, I think, 
if they're using a controller. They're queued in with um, the console players, which means all of my friends that don't have a PlayStation, I can finally play with. And it is amazing. That includes me. Yes. Even though we haven't, <laughs> you and I haven't played together, we have played with every other person except for each other. I'm sorry. Yep. We're, hey, we're getting there. We'll see if, uh, see if we can get that done tonight. But yeah, yeah. it's been, it's been wonderful. I haven't had this much fun with the Call of Duty game since Modern Warfare 2. I'm completely honest. That was the last time I had this much fun. The game, uh, you know, you, you talked about it, uh, uh, last week or the week before and uh i'll agree with a lot of that the movement is good but i mean it's not much past you know PUBG. it's it's just adequate um it feels good because the maps are designed pretty well yeah they have a good balance of you know urban and open whereas i always felt PUBG was too way too much open space um i don't find myself getting sniped quite as bad even <laughs> though they do provide uh, a decent amount of sniper yeah. weapons in the game um but i mean i've now played uh close to a dozen rounds over the past two weeks uh and i've done everything from pretty much last place to i've got three games that were really good um with mutual friends of ours that are actually pretty good at the game mm -hmm. we got sixth place twice and we got fourth just off the podium nice. and i'm stoked with that <laughs> yeah i i hop in their backpack and they just kind of carry me through the whole game it's great just yeah i the live. whole time they're like hey should we go there should we go there i'm like i don't know bud I'm, <laughs> yeah i'm in I'm the back following seat. you trying not to get killed yeah yeah it's been really cool uh being able to play with them i'd agree yeah the playing apex it feels real bad when you like walk up to a walk up to like a cliff that I can see over, but my character can't climb over it. So it's like a four foot tall like rock, and you're not able to jump and climb over that. But then if you move a couple yeah. feet over to the like three and a half foot spot on the rock, you can climb over that. Um, yep, it's a video game. It has to have a yes and a no. But that's Apex ruined me. It doesn't have a yes or a no. It's pretty much all yes. And if it's a no, it's really clearly a no, save maybe a couple odd spots that you know you're trying to cheese it if you're climbing in that space. They have like a momentum system to their climb. Um, so it's not like this on-off thing. It's a, you have momentum and it slowly slows down the higher you go until it finally finishes. And if you didn't get up to the edge of a wall by the end of that momentum, then you get kicked off. And somehow it just, I mean, it feels... It's too good, so it ruined me. Luckily, uh, Call of Duty doesn't have you jumping into buildings quite as much as Apex for climbing around. I mean, you're jumping into buildings. Yeah, it, I didn't seem hindered by the movement system. Part of it is because, yeah. you know, I haven't been playing Apex. I'm, I'm, you know, playing the game thinking, well, I'm just a person. I'm just a human being. Just, you know, yes. what they do allow is still beyond... Uh, you know, normal human abilities, uh, save for American Ninja Warrior and and uh, that sort of a thing. <laughs> or the fact that but, you've got like 50 parachutes on your back and you can open it and then cut it and then open another one and cut another one. Yeah, you can you can open a parachute. You can jump off a second story building and your parachute not only will deploy in time, but <laughs> you can you can jump off of a two story building, deploy your parachute and then travel like 
a quarter of a mile across before you hit the ground. I'm like, I don't think the physics work out, but it's fun. Yeah, it does. It's useful. That's probably the most enjoyable thing. And actually something in Apex, I'm like, oh, right. I can't jump a quarter of a mile off of a building. I could just kind of fall. <laughs> yeah, and there it is really satisfying to jump off a building, hit that parachute, and then just like glide until you get yeah because you know always start at the at the top i love to start over at the dam um and then you've got you know you can start getting stuff and then wherever the circle is from the dam you can pretty much just jump off of it and you know you are a sitting duck in the air but um you can just kind of parachute into wherever you need to be from there yeah have you been playing so there's two modes this new call of duty it's free to play all consoles um pc you have to make an account with activision but once you've done that you can actually sync up with any other activision account regardless of console it does mean stuff like my playstation's um party chat doesn't work like i can't use the party chat in system i need to or on the console i need to use the in system chat from the game um so i think there's small some, price to pay for crossplay. yeah very small price to pay for being able to play with anybody and the chat is pretty good um that's a problem i have with apex is the chat is compressed really heavily and so it's got a lot of artifacts in it. it's kind of hard to hear what people are saying uh the chats i haven't had that issue in call of duty however oh my goodness some of the stuff in that game is loud oh my goodness like can you hear anybody when you're in a helicopter or when you're in the back of like an atv um, I, uh, lost the boom mic for my, um, over ear headset. Uh, so I'm running off of TV sound and then the stock Xbox headset. So there's no actual sound effects coming through, uh, oh. my headset. So I have separate channels that way. Oh. Um, and luckily that has actually kept that from being an issue. So while everyone else is yelling on their end, I generally am not. And I don't have that problem because my headset, my uh, ear, my headphones are not trying to parse speech from um, tag yeah. barks yeah. and 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 your you brain know, explosions. Isn't. Yeah, because yeah, just like right. Yeah, so that ear. that's made that easy. But I can understand. I've been in other games where that's been a problem. But I mean, this is the first time in a long time that there's been useful uh, chatter in a game not since halo 4 have i had this much useful chatter uh are you talking in-game characters like talking to each other uh no i meant actually being able to use a, a headset but when oh, you as okay. you as you bring that up it is uh it does have a good marking system when you uh you press up on the digital pad on your on your uh, controller when you're aiming at something and if it's a gun it'll mark it specifically as this type of gun for your teammates and it'll make a bark for you know machine gun here or enemy there helicopter there and it does a really good job of allowing you to communicate uh without voice to your squad mates yes uh and when you put that together with actual speech you can be talking about your overall strategy while still tagging important assets and you don't have to say it out loud so you can kind of have two different strategic communications going on. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I would, I've played Apex, and Apex has a system that's probably twice as good. All of the characters 
bark out exactly what they're pinging. I've had a hard time where I'll ping uh, like a UAV or something, but they don't always say UAV here. They say like uh, whatever the term is for that item. Like uh, same with weapons. They'll say machine gun or something or LMG, but they won't say exactly which one. So I end up having Yeah, it's like they didn't voice act anything specific. Yeah. That and there aren't as it's weird that the ping is on the up on the D-pad. So I have to leave the um stick in order to go over and ping something. So I ping less. And there isn't a big ping wheel in the way that um Apex has, and it puts it all on a bumper. But I won't complain uh too much about the ping system <laughs> because anybody taking a step in the right direction towards more communication being done in-game, allowing the players that aren't on mics to communicate with other people still and be able to do all that kind of squad management is a good thing. And um, I'm a I'm a fan that it's there at all. I'm curious if you've, so you've been playing Blackout or Plunder because it has two game modes, which I'm really happy about. I think that's something like Apex could take a, you know, a note from the book and make some other sort of mode that sticks around longer than their like event modes. I love plunder and I don't like blackout that much. Okay. Um, I was not aware there was a difference. I've almost always jumped into other people's games Mm. and let them kind of, kind of, kind of lead it. And I just follow. Okay. So what I've done is you drop in and then, there's a variety of things you can do, but at the end of the day, you want to be in the smallest circle, last man standing. Yep. Okay. The battle royale. Ultimately, circles closing. Yeah. When you get killed, you're out. Even though there is a the gulag, the gulag system. system, which is cool. What I like it. I won the first six times I did that. Nice. I won. I'm not good at this game, but I just <laughs> kept getting it. I'm like, wow. And then I watched other people who are way better than me lose, and I'm like, wow. I don't understand this system then, I guess, because I'm real bad at this uh, close quarters uh, random because it starts you in just this this weird looks like a like a, a doom uh, level, which just kind of like old school doom level where it's very basic, symmetrical. Yeah, it's like a uh, shower or you're like, yeah, in this, basically. Yeah. Uh, what's the like movie? Face shower. Off? I think that ends in a bathroom. Or something. There's like a yeah. shootout in the bathroom. Yeah. And and you just get a random gun, and then after like ten seconds, it's just whoever can stay at the flag in the middle the longest. Um, but it's basically just as soon as you see them, just fire whatever you have and hope you get them. And uh, I guess I got real lucky. But yeah, there's there's that system. But it's other than that, you can pay money to revive your squad mates also. Uh, which you earn in game, um, so those are kind of the two ways that you can come back. Instead of just, you know, most battle royales, it's just if you die, just set your controller down and wait for the round to be done. Yeah, some of the older ones. Uh, yeah, we'll take it from the top then. So you've been playing Blackout mostly. That's the battle royale. Classic system is it's a big ring. You've got all these squads dropped together. Ring closes, ends in some random location on the map where it's this tiny little circle. If you're out of it, you're getting killed very fast by being outside the circle. So you got to keep up. Try to be the last man standing or the last squad standing. 
the game shakes it up with its gulag system, which, yeah, that's essentially you get to respawn in, possibly. You only get one of those, though. So if you do win your 1v1 and you come back in and die again, you can't just, like, keep... Like, if you are someone who's really good at those 1v1s, which apparently... You're one of those people. If you're winning all of them, man, that's at some yeah, point it can't be luck. If you're <laughs> if you're doing good, but eventually, if you've died twice and your teammates don't have any money to come, you know, bay, bail you out, pay for you to come back, or they all die as well, um, then you're out. Out. So last squad standing wins. Uh, the other change of the formula is the bailout system and a couple of the systems tied around that, which is there's a cash, like a currency that you earn while playing, which is weird. I don't think I've seen another battle Royale do a cash system. Usually your inventory is all, it's all about going and looting the guns and all the equipment for the guns and some of that stuff, like it's resources. And this one, it's all boiled down kind of into cash and yes, you still loot weapons, but a lot of what you're trying to do is these like little mini missions. Get the cash from mm-hmm. them. And the mini missions are just like, go loot this box here, go loot that box. Go stand at some random spot for long enough and you'll have secured the intel. The fun one is it randomly picks a nearby other squad, picks one of the enemies on that squad and you have to go kill them and you'll earn a bunch of extra cash if you can eliminate them. Um so those three things all earn money. Killing people earns money if you can go pick it up off the ground where they fell. And you pay... Any money that they had any, in their inventory. Exactly, which is kind of cool. So you do have high earners maybe playing it safer or you've got this kind of risk-reward system. If you get cash and get enough of it, you can either buy your dead teammates back or you can get a bunch of gear like that's how you can really gear yourself up with some good equipment and tons of upgrades including you can drop a a loadout box which allows you to go in and pick up an entire pre-selected loadout so between rounds you can go in and you can build i think it's up to 12 different loadouts with different you know sets of guns like you would in any other call of duty yep and you can buy that whole loadout and then you're like yes i've got my sniper loaded i've got my SMG loadout, which is something that's very much a nod to Call of Duty players. They have their loadout. It's very specific. It's what they want. And that's a way that people that know what they want go out and struggle for a few few minutes. And then you can have what you feel is your best shot at, you know, endgame stuff short of finding random upgraded rare weapons. Rare weapons you're like comfortable on too, because there's Yes, I love that they brought the deck building from old Call of Mm -hmm. Duty. The fact that you've got this progression outside of the game that does translate to you being more comfortable with your equipment in-game into a battle royale. It's not a a huge swing. It's just more comfortable. Yes. There's nothing you can do outside of each independent round that will make you more powerful than the next guy because you still have to get in there and get it. And it's not going to be any better than what's out there. It's just going to be the thing that you specifically want. I will say that for someone who might join in and start playing late, because we kind of jumped on this as soon as it kind of came out, especially we're home a lot more. I'm sure a lot of people jumped on it. 
I felt underpowered at first because my loadouts don't have sights. I haven't leveled my character up enough. I haven't leveled my gun. So until you have like a sight on the gun that you like, you have maybe a stabilizer, uh, a couple other bits that go on the gun. Uh, I felt underpowered and I'm trying a new gun. I'm trying to level that up. And I feel again, very weak at every encounter because I'm using iron sights. I don't have any of the perks set up on it. So there's a, there's a bit of a curve. There's a, you need to get a little bit of equipment set up and your deck built with your loadout to really enjoy the loadout system. But I, I, I'd say that it's not hugely different from you playing against a, a person that's been, I mean, if I were to get on an account that's got, you know, max level and all the gear, I wouldn't, that's not guaranteeing me a, a win against a bunch of level one starter players. And I'll tell you what, all of my best games, um, actually all of them, I haven't, I haven't touched the loadout system. I mean, at all. And I still got two sixth and a fourth. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, and I, I got, I got kills. I secured objectives just with weapons that were sitting around. And again, I'm not saying, Oh, I'm just good at this game. I'm real bad at games like this. You know, if this was a racing game, I'd be like, well, it's just cause I know what I'm doing, but this is, you know, good communication with teammates, people I, I know, and we can kind of use verbal shorthand and just paying attention and maybe a little bit of luck. Um, oh yeah, as well. But you know, I haven't touched the loadout system, and I don't feel like it's um, made me underpowered. Uh, I feel I'm underpowered just because I'm underskilled. When I get beat, it's always well, yeah. I look, watching the kill go- cam, going, well, you doofus, you didn't look where you were going. Like he was right there, you know. Yeah, but I've never, I've never felt like I was robbed. Like, oh well, he had a better gun than me. It's like, well, I, I messed up. I did bad. Uh, that's so. I mean, I played um, my most recent game. I pulled a new gun out that I wanted to try, loaded in, and yeah, it was just I had iron sights and I was in a space that was just not equipped for that gun. Um, so that's part of it too. It's just like picking the right gun, I guess, in the right space. Oh, I've, that you're I've at, been but... stuck out in the open with nothing but a shotgun and a pistol, and yeah, you're like, well, this is not ideal, but. You know, okay. You tell your your buddies, go, hey, I don't have, I don't have what I need, and sometimes they'll go, oh, I've got, I've got an M4 and I've got a scar. Here, let me drop one of my weapons for you. You can pick it up, and then you know you give them your other thing, and you know you kind of balance your squad out instead of one person having all the stuff. You make sure that yeah, you're well balanced. You know, what I hear every round is is. Um, Hey, do you have armor? Do you need armor? I have five. Do you need any armor? And making sure that everyone's kind of well-balanced gives your team the best shot. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I had a, a bad case because both myself and the other person I was playing with were both at level one with this gun trying to level it up. Or he might have been at level like three or four on the gun. but <laughs> So we had nothing to swap with each other. However... Uh, that's where plunder comes into play. So that's yes. Please, please explain this because yeah. I don't know. I, I I saw it up up at the top of the screen, and it's it's about collecting the most money. Yes. So blackout, in part, I don't like because I 
do still feel underpowered. I don't feel like my loadout is there. I'm not comfortable with the weapons, and the map is too big for me. Um, it's huge. Like, it is a huge map. And because the ring is random, I can't really get used to a specific zone, um, at least for endgame. So I, you know, traveling through the map usually costs me my life. But in Plunder, it has most of the map available. It has the same missions that you have to do everywhere. But now when you die, you just respawn back in and there's no ring. So it's just this big open map and you just keep respawning. However, you are still trying to collect that cash, but instead of spending all of it just you know to get further along and survive to the end of the ring, you are trying to dump the cash at these helicopter drop sites um, and put it in like this bag and the helicopter takes it away. So you're trying to bank your cash. First person to bank a million dollars wins, or at least triggers the end of the game. And then there's this tiny window where someone might be able to catch up. Um, but that's your goal. Bank a million dollars. So you're running around trying to earn cash. And you had mentioned this earlier, that fun mechanic of uh, you kill someone, you get their cash is incredibly fun when I'm walking around with like a quarter of a million dollars on me and I need to get to the bank to bank it up at the helipad. But another squad with like a quarter of a million dollars also needs to get to that same helipad because there's only a couple of them on the map. I can make a huge swing in the score. And then some other squad with no cash is just sniping from a rooftop. And so for me, that dynamic becomes something more bearable for me because I can also kind of stick to a zone. I can stick to one helipad. Um, and then I respawn in. So I can get way more comfortable with this situation. And I also know where the hot spots are going to be, more so than in Blackout, um, where it's, again, rings random. I don't always know where everybody's at. So it's more hectic. Um, you're, you don't have quite as much to lose. But the goal then is to like try and kill those other big earner players. And if you're one of the top earners, you're marked on the map. And you're just running around with people hunting you constantly who are at the bottom of the kind of the food chain. So if you can be one of those, are you visually tagged at all when you're the leader? Yes. If you're the leader or one of the top three earners, you have the assassination contracts. When you take one, it gives you this ring of zone that says, Hey, somewhere inside this fairly small ring is your enemy. They don't give the exact spot, like in a radar map or something. So it's here ish. Um, and those are pretty big for those top earners. So you're not like super marked. And the updates are at the same pace as like the radar map where it's every like three seconds it repings the location every five. So if they're moving fast, you're not going to be able to really pinpoint them. Um, so you're not at terrible odds against, you know, people aren't totally knowing exactly what floor you're on of a building and exactly which building. But they're in the area. Like you've got tons of squads just hunting in those areas when you're a top earner. So it's fun. Like if you're up there, you've got piles of cash on you. You're trying to get to one of these helipads. You've got people hunting you. And if you're not in the top earners, it can still be fun. Uh, You camp out at a helipad or you start taking contracts everywhere. Get some of the assassination ones so you know where enemies are at. Kill them. Take all of their cash that they've been earning. Instead of you having to do the work to earn it, just go kill them, take their cash, and then get it to a helipad. There's also an item you can buy at some of the store purchase locations, which are just like random little 
booths you walk up to and can pay cash and you can get a like a weather balloon <laughs> that you put some cash in and then send it up into the sky but you can't dump all of it so the weather balloon's only kind of helpful the main thing you want to do is get a quarter million dollars and then go run up to a helipad so it's fun squad coordination is still highly um important a lot of the skill of that is reading the situation of like a big area. You've got people up on this roof. You've got people running to the helipad. You've got two teams tucked back. You can hear the gunfire somewhere else. All that gunfire also means people are on the radar map a lot more. I, in Blackout, it's a whole lot of UAVs and having to use the small heat tracking thing that looks like the heat tracker right out of Alien um, for motion tracking. And it's slower and more tactical in Blackout, I think, and this is a little more of the the older Call of Duty formula that I, I remember more, I kind of like more. So I've been, been enjoying Plunder quite a bit. It also levels your weapons up a lot faster because you drop with a full loadout. You don't go searching for guns in the same way. There are guns to be found, but if you can, you really want to just like figure out what loadout you like. So it's great practice. If you die, you respawn on your teammates and you just airdrop out of the sky. If all of you die, it randomly picks another spot on the map and then airdrops you all back in. No gulag. Um, way more forgiving. Uh, but it, does, it doesn't have the same focus. So if you're having a hard time earning cash and you're not successfully able to track down the high earners, um, I think there's less fun in this mode. It doesn't have like this big climax if you're not kind of in the top earners. You're essentially just watching a clock run down, you know, until it's over and, and you've got $100,000. You can to get them to the point where you're still playing, but you can't win. Yes, and that's... They, that's frustrating. There's a... So when you hit a million, what ends up happening is it goes into double earnings and every bit of cash you earn is double. And I've gone from like way back of the bus to it turning into double time earnings and I got very lucky and just ran around with a shotgun by a helipad and just, just sprinted and shot people in the back and picked up enough cash to get to like third place. I, I got like almost a million in a minute at the end of the game. Um, so it is doable, but most of the games that we've lost, lost. Yeah, we're like back of the bus. We're not earning anything. All of the top earners are marked in the map somewhere way far away because we got spawned really far away. So yeah, it unfortunately suffers from some lack of agency if you're in the bottom of the pool. Definitely seems like in some ways it's better, some ways it's yeah, it's worse. Seems like you know they're but that's good. They're they seem they scratch different, different itches without one being better than the other. Yeah, and I'm I'm very happy that this came out with those two modes. If it was just blackout, I might have because it's so similar to Apex, I'm, I'd have a lot harder time playing unless I was playing with one of you guys that's on a different console and I just can't, it's like, like novel to play with you. I probably wouldn't play it as much. And, yeah, I'm pretty novel. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I need to play with you. It's a couple of the other guys I've been able to play with. Um, yeah, that's if it was just Blackout, I would, I would stick to Apex. Um, but plunder lets me level those weapons up. I get way more comfortable on a particular gun. I'm not 
there's too many guns. I can't rely on searching for weapons and finding like the same gun ever in Blackout. It's like a different gun. No, I expect not to when I play. Yeah. And so it's hard for me to get past that hump if I can't find like a comfortable space to learn the rest of the game. Um, I I don't like all of it to be new at the same time. I kind of want some sort of comfortable anchor. So in Apex, that's like a gun. I was just, if I could find this one gun, I could like work on the rest of my game and not worry about the gunplay. Um, yeah, I'm the kind of person that likes, okay, well, what do I have this time? And I'll learn <laughs> to be better at it yeah. every time I get stuck with oh, it. Oh, yeah, it frustrates me when I get shot. Just, so that's just two different ways of of playing the game. I have such low stress in FPSs because I know I'm going to lose. I'm like, oh, there's no chance. And I just try and do okay. Like for me, a good game is in the top half. I'm happy <laughs> if I'm you know 24th or better. I'm I'm stoked of 50 teams. Yeah, um, I have a pretty low low standard, so I'm like, well, if I go out, you know, and if I can do okay and be better than I was when I started, then I'm I'm happy. But I know a lot of people that's not an acceptable level. So, <laughs> oh, that's I I will say this game's more laid back than some of the other battle royales. I think the Gulag helps a lot, and the fact that it's squad based. I know you can play solos, where it probably gets a lot more sweaty typically where you're just like on the edge of your seat having to play your heart out in order to place you know anywhere well whereas in this one the map's huge you do have comebacks you don't have to sit there i mean you do sit watching your friends play if they don't have a lot of cash on them but i was in your boat with some good players and some good friends um you're not sitting around waiting for long till they get some cash and get you back into the game so you, it's way yeah. more forgiving yeah, I'd recommend if you have friends who are willing to play. We even got a couple of people. Uh, one guy that we've been playing with independently ha- hasn't had his PlayStation out in almost two years. And we have him out and and playing um, this game with us. So it's accessible in that. And so even if that's not really you know, your thing, I would still recommend uh, giving it a shot. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I think that's kind of um, our tight 35 minutes on that single game. Um, So uh, do we have, uh, does Erin have anything else she wanted to, because we kind of made a hard right turn through Segway Corner. Yeah. Um, uh, Did she have anything else uh, that you wanted to talk about, Erin? Let me go get her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll lead right into that. Aaron! Oh, I didn't even need to go get her. I'll just yell to her. We need you. Thank you. Yep. He had so much ideas. Yeah. 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 I, I took the toy and used it. And... Yeah, but it did so many backflips. Oh, you really so many yeah. backflips. All right, so what are we talking about? We just finished up Call of Duty. Okay. Randy asked if you had anything you wanted to say about it, or if you had any other games. Or any other kinda... games? Yeah, I segued us without giving you a chance to list any other games, but 
It just felt like such a good segue. I took it. It was really good, so. Uh, how did you segue? Hmm? How did you segue out? I already say. Oh, literally no. just by asking if if you had. Did you have any other games you wanted to wanted to talk about before we moved on? I don't really have any other thoughts about Call of Duty. Most of it has been observation. I never played it when I was younger. I I played one or two games, but that it wasn't something I got into. I think it was something that actually my parents kept me away from, um, particularly because until we weren't allowed to play the earlier versions because they were of real wars, hmm. and so it wasn't until they started um, developing fake wars as yeah. part of like the zombie versions of it that I could start playing it. And by then I wasn't playing shooters. Yeah. Is there anything else you've uh, been playing? Uh, other than Animal Crossing, I have been, I've still been playing the mobile AFK arena stuff. Um, one of them got interesting in that it actually had, um, had side games that had little story points, and I've actually really enjoyed those. It's like these are daily events I can do, and I like this. So, just nice. it feels like I'm making progress in a very, and it, it, it's satisfying to be able to complete the events because they are challenging. Excellent. Well, um, James, have you been playing anything else then? You know, I don't think I've been playing anything else of note. Uh, you know, just keep playing at Apex. Playing with friends, uh, just all all battle royales all the all time. All the time, yeah. Uh, I started Sekiro, but I've been starting too many games. Uh, we'll talk about that later, at some other point once I've gotten my sunk my teeth into it more. I'm not that far in, so yeah. Well, that's a that's a spicy tomato <laughs> to bite into. If so. I continue to play it, I'm very good at starting a game and not finishing it. So. Oh, that's that's pretty much my uh, my life. Um, and speaking of which, I have uh, started one game and restarted another. Um, so aside from playing Warzone with with my friends, um, I started playing another game just by myself because no one else is interested, and another game I started with my wife. So we'll start with my other social game. Um, my wife, I've mentioned before, I kind of got her into video games recently with the Assassin's Creed uh, line of games, mm-hmm. and she played through most of the Ezio collection. Oh, nice. Um, but she's been kind of poking at me to play Black Flag again because that's the first one that she watched and was interested in. Mm-hmm. So I finally caved and went ahead and uh, downloaded it um, as you know quarantine was starting. I'm like, well, let's get a nice new long-term game that we've been wanting to do. And I tell you what, man, that game is as much fun as I remember it being. It, it holds up 98%, like not quite a hundred. There are a couple things that, you know, the graphics and the textures are, you remember that it was kind of a cross generational game. Um, and there's, just a couple things that are not quite as polished as, you know, the modern, more modern games are, but for how old it is, the level of fun is still there. It's it's such a well-developed play thing. Um, And sandbox. um, Exactly. And we, it takes a little too long to get into it, but 
it does make it feel better because you're you have to earn your ship you have to earn you know the ability to go out and do things and there's so much that it has to teach you that it does take two hours of gameplay to really be out on the high seas with a goal and an idea of what you're doing and really get into it and we're just breaking into that um that free play area oh, fun James mentioned the word that, sandbox, and for me, I only ever played the Ezio. Well, I played the Ezio series, and then I played the beginning of three, and decided it's like I don't quite know if I like where this is going as a whole series. And for me, I was invested in the story, so I just dropped it after I wasn't invested anymore. So then, as they got more sandboxy, or that standard Ubisoft like points on a map, go do the ones you want. There is a story, but it's it's a lot of stuff in between. Story points. Okay. So still the stuff that was in the Ezio stuff, Ezio play. Yeah. yeah. But that's what you mean when yeah, you say sandbox? Three, mm-hmm. Okay. I, I feel like three is not the greatest example. I could understand burning out on three or even on uh, Revelations in the collection because Brotherhood was such a high watermark mm-hmm. that, you know, then you go through Revelations and then you go into three. Um, it's easy to burn out because it's like, well, this is. Like you said, I don't like the direction this is going. It's kind of going downhill. Um, but after Brotherhood, I, I became less and less interested in the story. The story started kind of getting a little too weird. I really liked the story in the first the first game and uh, in you know the first of the Ezio. Uh, I think the story was still good in those, but it did start to drop off. But the Story of Black Flag is interesting because you don't have to leave the Animus more than about twice to beat the whole game. Hmm. And I ne- I never did. I So I never beat the Outside the Animus game. Uh, I never followed that because I was having so much fun mm-hmm. in the story. And the story of uh, Kenway is actually very good. The The in-game story of the pirate is is good enough that i completely forgot about the real world interface stuff which has some very unfortunate um mini game puzzles that i did not enjoy mm-hmm. uh one bit um so this time through i'm gonna try and beat both parts of the game but i would recommend if you liked the Ezio part of the stories and whether you were invested in the, um, uh, the the real world stuff or not, I'd recommend skip three. Just skip to Black Flag because it's different and it's it's still fun. And the the battle puzzles of the assassination bosses are wonderfully made. Like it's a lot of fun to figure out the ideal way of using the stalking zones and the different types of assassinations and the tools that they give you to uh, get a little bit better each time you attempt it. And I almost like losing in this game because like, Oh, I got caught, but I know what I did wrong. And I made two mistakes earlier. I get to rectify from the beginning and what took you 10 minutes takes you two and a half minutes the second time. And you, it's the iterative building of, of combat is just really good okay 
Yeah, it stands on its own. I mean, it's pretty much just a pirate game with the Assassin's Creed. Well, the pirate game is is the best part. Yeah. Yeah, again, I don't even remember Animus content, like the sci-fi portion of the game. I don't, I'm trying to remember. Because you don't have to (laughs) do much with it. Like it's, it's, it takes a back seat because they knew what people wanted and we wanted sea shanties. Yeah, that's all we wanted. That's, that's what we wanted. Um, but yeah, being on the boat and actually doing the boat things is is a completely different game in the best sort of way. Yeah. And it's it's what I think everyone wanted um, the Xbox uh, pirate game to be that it didn't quite Sea of Thieves. Uh, sea of Thieves yeah. didn't quite deliver on it. That's a different game, but I think everyone wanted Black Flag without the parkour. That sounds familiar i'd recommend giving it giving it a shot like give it but you got to give it at least three hours because you really got to break into the um into the the sandbox part of it and then that's when i really fell in love with the game and i still followed the main quest line which is long enough but if you bolster it out with just playing around and seeing all the uh side stuff on the maps and doing all the many, many side quests mm-hmm. and upgrading all your equipment, it turns what could probably be a six to eight hour game and it made it a 20 hour game um, oh, easy. pretty quickly. Like 30. Yeah, I played a lot of... Wait, it's only that long? Yeah. I'm... It's pretty It's pretty brisk, but again, you could probably put 100 hours into it if you wanted to unlock everything. And even once it's all unlocked, the post game is still like fun because you can you can kind of go back to before the end and just go out with this fully kitted out ship and fight. And there's oh my goodness, there's a there's a whole side thing where you um, end up recruiting ships and then you own them and you use them to uh, sail across the world doing trading missions. Mm-hmm. And you know you send out these ships and the ships level up. And then they can carry more stuff and fight bigger battles. And there's an entire side thing like how, you know, the Ezio collection in, in Brotherhood had um, you would send your assassins out that you would train up and you'd send them mm-hmm. out to go do do stuff while you were in the main game. It's There's so much to Assassin's Creed for Black Flag that it's definitely worth picking up and just seeing the depth of work that went into it. I'm a little passionate about this game. I don't know if it came through. <laughs> I think that I would probably be just as passionate about like as well as that ones. Like, I guess I'm surprised that I had assumed that it was longer based off what I've heard vaguely from it. Um, and knowing that it was an Assassin's Creed title, I assumed it was longer. Um, so I was expecting something from like a 20 to 60 hour game. As Well, the- keep in mind, I, I finished the game. So it can't be that long if I was able to finish. I, I don't finish uh, yeah. long games, so... Did I finish it? Eh, I probably finished it back in the day. Yeah, back when games were maybe open sandbox, you could play them to death and get your 80 hours or whatever, but they didn't get padded as heavily a while back. Yeah, I don't feel I feel like this is a game it's it's like a uh pad your own game. Yeah. Like, like you Skyrim decide how long it is. Yeah, what's Skyrim's like? I remember you can beat that game pretty quickly if you just go through the main thing, but you are not going to go through the main thing without getting distracted. 
And that's once you get in that pirate ship and you got the open seas and a bunch of crew singing a song. Yep. Uh, it's hard to not just veer off the path a little bit and but I you can hunt crocodiles in that one, right? I remember like hunting crocodiles. Oh yeah, I shot two crocodiles. Yeah. We're, my oh, wife shot two crocodiles last night. <laughs> yeah, that's I I got like mauled by one, I think, the first time I didn't realize there were crocodiles. <laughs> this was like wading well, through the swamp and got eaten. In like the tutorial, you have to shoot two ocelots, uh, which are adorable. And my wife was actively upset uh, <laughs> that she had to do this thing and upset at me for making her oh, do it. And why do I have to kill these things? Is there another way? I said, no, this is this is the game. See, it says there, you know, kill two ocelots. She's like, I'm not doing it. Did you take the controller and, and do the I, I did offer to take the controller, but she uh, she ended up doing it begrudgingly. Mm. You'll never hear the end of that. <laughs> no, never. Anything else you're but, playing? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, the other uh, big game I've been playing because I'm oh, continuing yeah. okay. with Outer Wilds, but I, I want to I want to make that one last. So I kind of play, you know, uh, one or two lives here or there, and just try and I'm trying to make it last because I, I enjoy it so much. So what I've been mostly playing is Ace Combat Seven: Shattered Skies. Is that the latest Ace Combat? That I do believe is the latest. Okay, I've heard about um, this one. So, do you, do either of you have any history with the uh, Ace Combat series at all? Nope. Nope. Okay, so like I go back game. to. That's what it sounds like. I go back to four. Is the first one I've played. I've played every every game since. Um, it's a problem I have of liking bad games and following their series. Um, in its entirety. Yeah, you played all the Dynasty Warrior so, games, right? Oh, yeah, except the most recent because it's open world. Not, I don't think I can uh, put up Not to say they're all bad, um, but... Yes, but I did play the, the the longest version of the last game through all of its DLC, yeah, okay. and there's basically three whole story <laughs> modes. Dynasty Warriors is another day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ace Combat is interesting because it's kind of two stories in one game there's the typical archetypal and every game has this um you are this uh pilot that is either training up or is an ace that gets knocked down and then has to build itself back up um but it's a good flight combat game like the bones of it are good the play is wonderful like if you like you know jet fighter games this is this is top rung because it's realistic enough while you know still being arcadey it's a great balance of a game but the real story comes in the plot and that and the way it articulates itself um it always has that standard archetypal game but then there's also interstitial cutscenes. some of them are done in kind of a motion comic uh this most recent game is done in a highly stylized um like cgi animation hmm. but it's all just long scenes of like planes and then a, a brooding character just looking real tough 
and narrating to you telling this story. Um, a lot of phrases like, um, and they never thought that this would happen again, sort of melodramatic, self-serious story, but it's generally pretty good writing for an ace combat yeah. game. It's, it's at least something that you, you would watch four was especially good with that. There was a story in four. So as to not spoil the new game where, although you would follow the pilot, all the cutscenes were about this little boy who is in the, who is living the war as a civilian. Like he talks about, and I watched the planes take off overhead and I kept seeing this one plane with the green stripes or whatever, but you get a feel for the people living through the war that's happening all around hmm. them. Hmm. Um, Cause all of these are, are big grand scale um, games with a lot of proper nouns that all sound the same um, like Erugia and, and Eugia uh, and uh, Oceana. Like they all, it's a uh, real soup, but the best part is when you have the the civilians kind of just talking about, you know, mm-hmm. the pilots came into town, uh, the enemy pilots came into town and, you know, they were staying at our ho- local hotel and I listened to them tell stories and you kind of get attached to the bad guys through these, um, you know, civilians that are kind of being, you know, controlled by this opposing military and, you know, almost a Stockholm syndrome kind of a kind of a feel behind it. And this new game has that. Um, so you kind of follow two storylines, your own and someone else from two different viewpoints. Hmm. And that kind of keeps it interesting because the rest of the game is literally a, all right, soldier, we need you to push into the front lines. And, you know, only you can take out mm-hmm. these, you know, five radar dishes uh, before the enemy gets there with their drones. Yeah, you know, yeah, it just like drops you into a battle. Very generic, um, very just generic, you know, destroy this many targets in this allotted time. Um, but it breaks narrative because in the narrative in this game, uh, early on you become like a criminal that's been conscripted into um flying for the air force sort of a thing Mm. but instead of you know the narrative is like you'll fly whatever hunk of junk we put together for you you criminal and then it's sounding like independence go into the the vehicle select and you're like well you have eight hundred thousand dollars you know to choose whatever uh jets and upgrades you want and you still get to pick any jet any loadout and the variety is massive there's Dozens of jets, uh, dozens of different weapons with different capabilities, hundreds of uh, unique upgrades that you go through an upgrade tree to choose, you know, what you want. And it's really well put together for filling out your tree and having the kind of jets that you enjoy, you know, like, you know, going from the uh, F-14D to the uh, F-A-18F, you know. And adding, oh, this one's a good one, but it doesn't have any air-to-surface uh, weaponry, but I can upgrade that and add that. 
it's a good flight game. Like all of that is wonderful. There's multiple control modes. There's a simplified one where you just, you know, move the one stick and it will automatically bank and pitch and roll to put you in that direction. Or you can have, you know, proper movement controls where one is to spin and then the other one is to, you know, pull your yaw and you have higher control, but it's harder to do from the get go. So overall, it's a good game, but very, very cheesy and very long. Very long. It's, uh, I mean, like just a lot of missions that they're throwing at you. Try to. Yeah, I think I'm on mission 14. How long are the and missions? E- are they really very? The missions are 20 ish minutes, Oof, okay. but. I've redone mm. one of them. I redid six times. That's got to hurt if you and get I'm to on, the, like the 18 minute mark and fail it. Yeah. And it's, it's worse. Cause they said, do you want to restart or do you want to restart from the checkpoint? And I'm like, well, I'm like 13 minutes into a 15 minute mission, put me at the checkpoint and it still starts you at the beginning. Cause they didn't put any checkpoints in. Uh, that feels bad, man. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that needs to be patched in in some way. Yeah, Oof. but it's just, you know, they give you a thing to do and it, you know, they they do some ease of ease of life stuff, though, where just today uh, there was a very long mission where you're supposed to conserve your ammo and I didn't. But I'm thinking it's OK. I got all of these targets down. I'm out of missiles. I'm out of special missiles. I just have my guns left, but there's only one small enemy and I take out the small enemy and I'm like, yes, got him. And then, you know, plot twist. And it's like, here come literally dozens more enemies. I'm like, well, this isn't going to go well. And of course I lose, but luckily that was a checkpoint because they kind of changed the game. Um, Mm. So I was able to reset at the checkpoint and no damage, all my weapons. Uh. So it refreshed me. So I went from 87% damaged and no rockets, no missiles, and I fail. And then it's like, here, here's the checkpoint and your reset. Yeah. So that was kind of made up for level six a little bit where it's like, oh, this is, this is better. And then, then I was able to, to win and have fun with it instead of just. Yeah. Redo 13 minutes of, of gameplay. Yeah. And the, the vehicles are all vehicles. The, the jets are all noticeably different also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I quickly have found a favorite, but the problem is you find a favorite, but then it's going to get outclassed pretty soon. Yeah. Or is so, it you need to find, depending on the mission type, do you have like a briefing where you're like, oh, this is a mission where I need to be moving through the map really fast. Or, oh, this is a mission where I sit around one zone and like defend. I actually can give up on yeah, the speed. Yeah, there's, there's a voiceover briefing um, uh, where they, they explain, you know, all right, we're going to have you go take out these, uh, you know, and then do this. And it even shows, you know, this is how many air contacts you're going to have. This is how many ground contacts you're expected to have. Like, so go into it kind of gives you. It does. It shows like, okay, so there's going to be a lot of, a lot more ground, but there's still going to be a lot of air. So I need a multi-role fighter. Um, But based on, it kind of gives you some topography with the known enemies, which they throw a wrench into, 
usually, mm-hmm. but at least gives you something to start with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, I should I get the uh, the cluster bombs because everything looks like it's all pretty centralized versus if it's spread out, I'm going to want something that does homing capabilities or a lot of airplanes. I'm going to need multi-homing rockets. You know, so you are able to pick your loadout somewhat accurately for the first, you know, big chunk of each mission. And then they'll throw, a, uh, you know, a wrench at it. But you always have standard missiles. You get a lot of them and they they just work well against everything. So you're never really in a bad position. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you uh, if you enjoy that sort of a thing. I can't think of a better uh, jet fighting game. Yeah. It's kind of the, entry the one player on the block. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's on, I believe it's on Game Pass is how I'm playing it. If you have oh, that's a nice. Game, game Pass, uh, I don't know, pick it up, uh, try a couple levels out. It's, it's interesting to say the least. <laughs> yeah, I bet Game Pass is really uh, earning its cost uh, right now. Yeah, well, I, I try a lot of stuff that I wouldn't, originally pay for you know ace combat's a full size full full price game but it's mm, i don't think it should it's a it's a 40 dollar game you know it's not a budget game but it's 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 not up there with like an uncharted game or you know the new doom game it's not a full triple a but it's i'd call it like a double a title you know Mm -hmm. what are you gonna you're not gonna do better anywhere else yeah well that's cool yeah, that's pretty much uh, what I've been playing. Yeah, well, I think that's most of us on on what we've been playing. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, gonna catch up on some other games. Well, I'll get through more Sekiro or something so that I've got. Yeah, Sekiro. <laughs> I want to try and go time. through uh, Ori. Is what I'm hoping to start on. That's why I'm trying to yes. beat Ace Combat as quick as I can. Move on to Ori. Yeah, Aaron, you need to get to a point where you're only playing, you know, 20 minutes of Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like New Horizons is what I wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, play, you know, 20 minutes of that, and then you can play some Ori because you played the first one, so you need to play second one. If it's the same length, I will speed run it on on and a Saturday. It, yeah, or just sit down and play through the whole thing in one. Yeah, I guess it was a speed run. You really, I mean, you just like booked it through the game and didn't do any side content or. Well, there isn't there isn't much side content. Oh, yeah. It, it, I did what I it, it was, had. Isn't it somewhat of a uh, Metroidvania where you get abilities and then if you go way back to an earlier part, that ability might let you get into a zone that you hadn't gotten into the yes. first time? Yes, it does. But what happens is that it overlaps its, at least the first one, it overlapped itself a lot. So I already was passing through those areas anyway to get to the new areas. Okay, it like forces so. you to do that Metroidvania, Metroidvania stuff. Yeah, without... Because the story demands. You, yeah, like okay. the first area was off to the left side of the map. The second area I had to go to the top right mm-hmm. or bottom right. And then I had, then I got an ability that allowed me to get to the top, le- uh, oh, okay. the top right. But I couldn't just go straight there. I had to go backtrack a little bit, then go up. So that was the first story. Um, I'm excited for this next one. This next one, I just keep forgetting to download it. Yeah, I never played the first one, but it for me it just looks gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. it's a beautiful game. It's it's really fun seeing how they made it. Um, 
because they, they're using 3D models, but they're you only see them from, from see them from this one perspective. So if you tilt the camera any which way in the original one, those models start to look really wonky. It really, it's really fun to see how they perfectly modeled everything mm-hmm. to work and perfectly animated everything to work um, from this one point of view. Soundtrack's really good, too. It, that's true. <laughs> I didn't play the game, but I listened to the whole thing. Because I was playing it in another room. <laughs> yeah, or in the room with me. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's a, it's a good game. Um, I've actually been avoiding watch uh, watching some of my one of my favorite uh, YouTubers because he plays different games that usually I wouldn't play, and this is he's the reason I played the first Ori was because he was playing this one. Mm-hmm. All right, that one. And so he, I realized it was out when I saw it, realized, oh, he has his first episode out of the new Ori. But you can't watch it. I can't watch it. And he's on episode five. I was like, oh. was, I'm assuming it's like, the same, if it's the same length, it's going to be eight or nine episodes. So he's almost through it. And I'm oh. like, oh, crud, I need to get through this. Yeah, so then you can watch him. Then I can go ahead and watch his, yeah. his playthrough. See how many times he dies. Yeah. I don't know if you should play the first one or just jump into the new one compared to like Doom where... A recommend is probably to play 2016 first. I don't know. I don't know on this one, Randy. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I'll I'll hold on to it. I'll finish Shattered Skies, and um, I'll just count on uh, Aaron and you <laughs> letting me know if I need to go back and try and rip through the first one before I start in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's that's one that I wanna I wanna look into, but. Uh, I'm also going to use you guys to uh, recommend moving out or not because we talked about the moving out game uh, last last time and uh, a demo launched on the PlayStation Store and the only PlayStations I have are the ones sitting next to me. It's a gray one and a black one that says PS2. Um, yeah. That won't quite won't get play. the job done. No. Okay. It's on the list. Yeah, we have, to, we have to mess around with that one too, see what it's like. Yep. I just wrote it down on my what we need to play. <laughs> Ori and moving out. Yep, and more we'll Animal start. Crossing. Oh, yeah, that's on the list. Nice. But we do actually need to play that because you need to see uh, it. You're right, yeah. I, I can't do, f- do right. the multiplayer without you. Yeah, I need to chop And a James tree has to play that. Outer Wilds. Yeah, that's on the list, too. And here I am playing Sekiro. It's going to take me forever because I'm not good at those games. <sighs> good just problems to have, Apex. guys. Good, good problems. <laughs> good problems to have, yeah. Too many games. Excellent. Well, uh, we won't uh, belabor the episode. Um, our topics this week kind of were certain games. I mean, uh, by all accounts, Warzone was uh, was a full topic this week. There was a, a lot of thoughts that we had on that. Um, uh, so definitely, definitely... A lot of good games to at least check out. Uh, a lot of variety this week from us, which uh, is always kind of the idea. Uh, a lot of recommendations, um, and some of them are are cheap or free. Like uh, yep, hence the Shat- recommendations. Shattered Skies and uh, Outer Wilds uh, are both available on Game Pass if you have that on um, PC or Xbox. And Warzone is free on all systems. It's available for. Um, Animal Crossing is, I mean, it's just hugely lauded, so I don't think it's a losing proposition. <laughs> it is 60 bucks, so. Yep. Yeah. So, 
Um, definitely. Do you guys have any other thoughts, any other games or experiences you wanted to mention before we, uh, before we rolled out tonight? Not at the moment. Uh, you know, being stuck inside, we're probably going to have even more time than we've been having mm-hmm. uh, to play some games. So I need, to, I need to get to playing some games now. That's, a, that's what I need to do. I get to say, business. Stop working double, and get down to business. <laughs> I want to say that Animal Crossing will be great for this time because it's, it is a slow burn game. It will if if you're stuck in your house for a whole month or so, it's something you can play the whole month. You just can't go straight into it like with. You can play it along end. with other games. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the true value in it. It's like it's the one that you get in for the long haul. It's like you just got to be a little bit patient and you have to be willing to wait for the rewards. Yeah. You're microdosing Animal Crossing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I would like to uh, uh, thank everyone for listening to just another side quest, you poor souls. Um, and it is, a, of course, a part of the Tiny Dog Podcast Network. You can please contact us at tiny dog podcast network at outlook.com uh ratings and reviews really are just huge um for for everyone involved uh you know let us know how we're doing uh we we love feedback uh yeah and while i've got you be sure to check out the other shows on the network uh if you're interested in anything automotive uh garage night is kind of our flagship show it's uh comes out every thursday um and if you like uh, motocross, supercross, uh, check out Loose Spokes. That comes out on Fridays. Uh, you can find out about more about those shows and this show over at tinydogpodcast.com. Um, and uh, I think I think that's it for this week. So without further delay from all of us here at the network, we uh, would like to wish you a very good night. Adios. Adios, guys. Adios.